Hi, Bill. Hi, Dan. How are you doing on this lovely Columbus Day? It is Columbus Day, isn't it? It's goddamn um, nice out, dude. It's like 70 degrees out. It is beautiful out, and although I am anti-Columbus Day, I am pro this day. Why are you anti-Columbus Day? Because Columbus is a pretty terrible guy. So you're anti-Columbus. I'm anti-Columbus, and therefore, by proxy, his day. I, I understand. Um, I, yeah, I think it's kind of a weird... A weird, he, yeah. I mean, the history you're, and the story is a little odd. You're celebrating genocide, essentially. It's like, <laughs> you know, all right, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kill them, Americans! Yay! Um, here first, you know. So that I, I don't know. I just have a weird thing about that. I I, I understand. Uh, but uh, other than that, it's very odd actually recording this in the daytime. It is. It's like I have my my shades open, and well, the other thing is that's odd is that um, well, I don't have work today. You know, normally. Um, I mean, we could theoretically record it on a Saturday or a Sunday during the day, yeah, which we've never done. But no, I, I think this this is the very first circuitous conversation that has been recorded during the daylight hours. That's uh, kind of exciting. It's a it's a new milestone. Yeah, fascinating. I uh, uh, I got a, a, a there's a guy named Brian Valerian who uh, is a Twitter follower of mine. Uh, follows, you know, reads my blog. I'm sure he might listen to these podcasts. I'll have to ask. Um, but he wrote, writes me on Twitter the other day and says, mm. hey, you know, I'm going to be in New York. He's from L.A., a photographer, fan of mine, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, hey, do you have any, like, time to meet up, whatever it is? And so I went and I had walked around with him for an hour yesterday. Cool. Really nice kid, you know. You, you mm. like it's, it's amazing sometimes. And it's funny. I meet these people. And, I mean, he obviously is really – you know, thinks my work is great and everything, which is, you know, very nice of him and all the rest of it. But it's just a little bit like, wow, dude, like, you don't need to think that I'm good. Like, you know, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? There's like a little bit of like, okay, um, do I actually know anything? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've been in that position before um, where, you know, someone likes you and the stuff that you do. Um, and it feels a little weird. It's like, well, wait a second, dude. I'm. It's not like I, I'm that. I'm not that good at this stuff. I mean, I. I I'm just a guy. Yeah, and I respect. I appreciate and respect the the praise. But I guess I. I have always had a. Um, a hard time, you know, accepting compliments and stuff like that. Just because yeah. I'm pretty, pretty hard on myself and have higher standards of my own. Well, you know, I mean, um, he kept at. You know, he was asking for advice and you know told him some stories and you know we got into all that kind of stuff. Sure. And sure. um. He's a big fan of Ryan Benizers, who's a wedding photographer here in New York, uh-huh. um, and who's you know very good wedding photographer, and you know that's that's his thing, and he's you know good events guy, like he's like young, like our age, you know, actually probably younger than us, but he's he's really good, but he does these you know workshops where he teaches people stuff, and and Brian was like, well, you know, like oh Ryan's doing that workshop on. Uh, basically, what what Ryan does is he, he'll he'll do a wedding, he'll take the whole wedding party into some pretty place in, in central park, say do multiple exposures of the same scene with people, different people in different places, basically. So he can pop the flash on these people over here then go pop the flash on these people over here, then do it over here, here, here. And then he just merges them all together into like where you see all 10 people in the scene at the end, like sure. basic compositing stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. I, obviously using a tripod. I'm assuming so. I don't. I don't actually know. I you know I didn't go to his thing, but like you know, just seeing his thing, I understand what he's doing, and it's you know, it's nothing revolutionary. You know, I no, mean, but it's it's still he does it well. Cool in the, it's it's cool. cool, and it's cool in the wedding context anyway. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's, yeah, that's nice. Um, but Brian was just like, oh, you know, I don't know how he does it, but you know, I don't. I'm not, I can't go to the thing, and I was like, well, you know, that's fine and everything, but you don't need to listen to him to figure that. You know what I mean? Like, you could figure this out. You know, you yeah, could get you get, know, get a flash. Take some pictures, even if it's not of people. Like, set up a tripod, take some pictures, pop in the flash here, 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 and here. Yeah, but dude, he, we, we, I think we we actually touched on this a, a long time ago. But there, I think there's definitely what's the word to use? I don't. I hate using the word gene because it gets so misused, you know. But well, just for this conversation, we'll say we'll use the word gene. There's a there's a there's a component of human personality and and the way people develop that uh, is the ability to figure stuff out on one's own <laughs> you know the yeah, sure. the, the autodidactic gene yes. whatever the hell you want to call it it's like oh okay i'm watching i'm listening i'm paying yeah. attention 
I am not I've, afraid. I've read a Wikipedia entry, <laughs> and I'm not afraid to to buy some things or or put some time and energy into something with the expectation that it's not going to work the first time, and it might take me a little while. But I'm also confident in myself enough to to keep at it and and sort it out. But I but um, I'm trying to figure out if that's actually a an ability thing, or if it's a confidence thing. I don't know, man. I, because, that, you know, sometimes, like, people will say to me, oh, how did you do that? Or how did you write that song? Or how did you learn how to take pictures? Or how, It's like, well... I just sat there and did it. I, I did it, yeah. <laughs> and But, I mean, isn't... I mean, but is that... That's a lot of it, right? Just sit down and try it, you know? Yeah, well, or, that's... You, know, that's, that's, you want to well, be a writer? Sit down and a fucking... Open a Word document and start writing. Well, uh, you know, okay, let's, 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 let's back up one step, though. There's also... And this might tap into that confidence thing. There's also the, the little factor where... You need to also have enough confidence and faith in yourself to believe that you actually can, like that it's even a possibility. You know, it's like no, sure. Uh, let's, I mean, let's pick something even more. Um, you know, but I guess why, why do people feel like they don't have that? You know, um, like what is it in society well, or well, whatever? Let's that look makes at let's look at ourselves. I mean, I was just going to say, let's pick out something that um, we don't like that you and I would never really consider. Like I, you and I will never be modern dancers. That's probably right. Although, <laughs> although modern, the concept of modern dance means that, you know, there's, it's new, it's current. So maybe, maybe they will want guys that look like us moving around, maybe, you yeah. know, cause back in the old days, what, remember like how supermodels were like heavy and Rubenesque? True. Uh, and now they're skinny and bony and stuff. True. Um, you know, things change. Yeah. Yeah. No, but uh, no, you're right. I just, I, I guess, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes... People, people want. People will go to see Ryan's talk, and and they're almost they're 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 waiting for him to allow them to try it somehow. You know what I mean? In some like mental way, mm. you know, like oh, he's giving me permission to try this technique. It's like, well, you don't need per- just try the technique. You know what I mean? It's just a weird thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, you're actually you're reminding me of something else I was thinking about very recently. And this might be a change of subject, but it's the whole permission thing. Um, this weekend in New York City, uh, New York City was host to the the Comic Con convention uh, at the Jacob K. Javits Convention Center on the west side of New York City. <laughs> that was very well said. Thank you. Um, and uh, I'm sure most folks can imagine what a what Comic Con might be like if you've ever been to any sort of convention it's you know it's now, essentially now is this a, the second biggest one after san diego i i think so i mean it was freaking huge dude i've i've attended uh, we'll say 10 10 some odd conventions at the javits center and this this definitely filled the entire place up um and it was packed man i mean it like was, every like every big room every nook and cranny every wow. little like every end to end corner to corner um it man, was you, you you comic nerds are you know something i'm not a comic nerd <laughs> Unless you're speaking to the our listening public, and of which there might be some comic nerds listening, and I think in, we in know case, some comic nerds very intimately. <laughs> we do, we do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so anyway, um, I we, you know walking around the, the floor of, of Comic Con, and there are uh, an interesting array. I guess it's really a lot like any other photo or computer convention that you might have gone to, or trade show, where you have a, a kind of an interesting blend of of the big name, you know, brands and. Um, companies displaying the the latest newest stuff with the famous people, and then as you walk around towards the edges and on the you know the secondary areas, um, they have the independent folks you know or like the little weird. It's like oh well this 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 person does this one little thing and they you know it's a small run it's it's one guy it's whatever. <clears throat> so, do people in the comic world tend to support the little guys like that? Well, I think they do because there's certain. I mean, when there's. Man, you want to talk about niches, dude? Yeah. Um, there are some serious, like, like niche niches. Like yeah. that that niche has its own niche. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. it's it's as if like okay, well, there now there's the whole Joss Whedon Firefly niche. You know, yeah. like that's a special kind of brand of of sci-fi. And then there's this one dude who is he had um he was giving away um postcards, you know, flyers for his his band, the Brown Coats. Which is a Firefly themed band, like wow. a tri- a tribute band, and they that's sing- like Harry and the Potters. 
like yeah i mean but you want to talk about like niche niche it's like yeah. wow that's really specific yeah um so anyway what um what I, what i was interested in by the way firefly about, yeah. Yeah. Good show for a number of the episodes, kind of okay for some of the beginning episodes, but I don't know if it deserves the kind of attention it gets. Well, it, it's tough for me to, to talk to you about that because, when, first of all, we need to establish what the uh, what, when you say the beginning because there's two the first dif- six. Okay, not no, just, but there's two not just, I know, I know, orders. not the first. There's the, the order that they were shot and produced in, and then right. there's the order that Fox decided to air them in. Which are I two am indeed. I watched them on DVD, so they're probably the original order. Well, I, I don't know what it is on DVD because I don't okay. have the DVD. But either way, the point is, is that like there are some episodes that are good and there are some episodes that are yeah, kind of weak. That's, but that's, I mean, that's fair. I would say that overall, I, I guess you know what it is, and I'm going to say this, and I'm going to mm. get beat up on the street as I walk out the door once people read this. Right. But Joss Whedon overrated. Yeah, he's. I think that he's very hit or miss. He's definitely gotten a little Like, some of the Buffy much. stuff is good, but, like, the what's the one? The Dollhouse? Ooh, that was bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's you funny, because I, I, I just cannot... I've never been able to and have no interest in the whole Buffy thing. Uh, what, 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 what put Joss Whedon on my radar was, uh, was Firefly. And yeah. so his... Fo- you know, the follow-up to Firefly was, was uh, I guess, was it Dollhouse? Must have been. It's the newer. Yeah, it's the newest. Um, I don't know. It just, yeah, and you know, I gave that a fair chance. His dialogue man. is pretty weak a lot yeah, of the time. Yeah, you know, it's it's true. I don't know. I just I find it odd that like he's the guy that gets pulled out. You know who can write some good dialogue, dude? Is Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin is one of the best dialogue writers on earth. I just just this weekend after Comic Con, coincidentally, you went to my see friend, Facebook. Yeah, my friend Pat and I watched The Social Network, and uh, his di- well, have you been have you been a West Wing? Were you a West Wing guy? No, not West oh, Wing. But I did God, like you studio. Need to go, you need to rewatch. You need to watch West Wing from the beginning. It's amazing. Yeah, maybe they're they're, I, they're scripts. They're they're like they're plays. They're no, I, like teleplays in the real I, sense. You know? I totally get it. I totally. I, I was a big Studio sixty. Fan. Oh, then you'll love the West Wing. Uh, but I'm not than, a big politics fan, dude. Yeah, but the, it's not just the politics. It's you know what it, you know what it is that Sorkin does that is really nice. His What's characters that? are generally like smart people who are really good at what they do, mm. and I like that. It's sort of like there, there's not a lot of mediocrity mm. in Sorkin scripts, or at least the media, mediocre people are not the winners in, in his in his in his stories. And I, and I like that idea, that concept that people should be good at what they do. I, yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's and, there, and and when you watch the West Wing, there's like there's a lot of cute stuff in there that like just kind of makes you smile because you're like, yeah, see, he gets it, you know. Okay, anyway, well, yes, Aaron Sorkin. So, how was the movie? Um, surprisingly good, man. Um, what I was there's a couple things that I was surprised about. Um, first of all, this is the first movie of its sort that I can think of that made it to the big screen. They got the technology right. Well, not even that. I mean, the, the, in the first half hour when they're they're like sort of showing. The Mark Zuckerberg character. Well, well, that's just it, dude. They used like real names everywhere. Yeah. Like, they, like they used real names of companies and people, and and the whole thing. And I guess it's. I did a little bit of research on this afterwards, but I was tired, so I didn't didn't do a lot. But I guess it was based on. A, there's a, someone wrote a book, accidental sort of like a, like like a tell all, a tell all yeah. telltale book about the whole story, and that was what this book or film was based on. Although, um, although some people say that a lot of that was kind of made up. Yeah, and then there's also obviously the natural inclination to sensationalize things for sure. for you know for drama's sake and for Hollywood's sake or whatever you want to call it but even still that all taken into account i think the vibe you know and the intention um is still pretty pretty good and um it, I, I mean obviously the film was allowed to be made you know these guys have sure. enough money to you know to kill things and and i'm sure you know from the legal standpoint, if, if if they felt that it was defaming or yeah. libelous or whatever the proper legal term is, uh, litigious, no, that's not it. Anyway, um, slanderous, there you go. Um, then uh, then it wouldn't have made it to the screen, you know? Yeah. So so obviously someone, you know, didn't think it was that, that off base. Yeah. And, or, or, uh, or thought suing would be even worse PR than having a movie out there. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. But uh, long story short, I I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. It was a little little jumpy because uh, I'm sure you you know the, it goes the, between the, the a deposition and the story, right? Like two a- two depositions. Okay, <laughs> um, it's basically the story of you know uh, the guy who started Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, and his his college roommate 
AK, and also business partner, this guy named uh, Saverin, Eduardo Saverin. And then, uh, how, and then, so, and, and then there's these also, this other group of guys at Harvard, uh, who had an, uh, an idea for, I guess, a competing website or an alternative website. So what happened was, long story short, Zuckerberg comes up, you know, gets dumped by his girlfriend and creates this, this little one-off website in, you know, in a drunken fit of rage, maybe not, maybe that's not the right way to say it, but it was fun to say. Um, but you know, he's, he, he comes home, he's drunk and he, he, you know, he's feeling feisty and he puts together this little website, which garners 22,000 hits in like four hours, which back in the, you know, the the early days was a lot. And so that, you know, that obviously raises some attention. He gets into trouble. He gets some sort of academic probation, this and that, but it, you know, puts his name on the map. Uh, and then he gets approached by these, these, you know, kind of well-off, um, entrepreneur type dudes who say, we like what you did with that. We want you to do something similar with us. And then he's like, okay. And then he kind of, you know, so they meet face to face once and then, uh, they don't ever really meet again for the next couple of weeks. And, and like the second he has their meeting, he starts thinking and he's like, Oh, wait a second. I should take what I did before and, and, and kick it up a notch. And so he basically comes up with his own idea, which is similar to their idea, but not not the same. It's like it's like he took he took it one step further. I mean, he, he the way they they set it up in the movie is like it's comparing Match.com, you know, like a dating site versus a social networking site, like comparing Match.com to MySpace. But again, that's what's so cool is they actually like use the terms MySpace and Friendster, and yeah. I mean, it felt like it was a real. It was really refreshing to see like real brands and real products and real names and stuff like in a freaking movie. You yeah, know, I sure. mean, I can't think of the last time I've ever seen that. So it felt really real. Um, which is really cool. And then the dialogue felt really real. And um, what's it called? Uh, and, and, you know, and then so the, the basically the two lawsuits are are um, uh, his roommate suing him and then and then the, 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 the rich guys from Harvard suing him. OK. Yeah. And so and so we flip between now, the roommate two. does walk away with a bank, doesn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, he, no. Millions not, of not, dollars. He, he, no, he had to get it in uh, after he had to get it from a lawsuit. OK. But how much money does he walk away with in the end? Like sixty million dollars. Okay. Well, you know, I don't feel bad for him. No, I don't either. But but the, the way and the, just a um, spoiler alert: if you're going to see the movie, um, fast forward past this. Um, although I guess I've kind of well, I didn't really spoil it that much. Um, but anyway, um, in the in in the in the movie, the way it worked was um, the, the the roommate dude was sort of perceived he was he was portrayed as as never really being there you know yeah um so so what what wound up happening was he kind of got written out of the project you know because he wasn't there to to do stuff um and so you know his shares kept getting knocked down and what have you so and then that was what you know that was what caused him to get upset it's you know it's interesting you're right but here's the question what if this telling of the story is fantastical and hopped up for story's sake, right? Let's assume that it is. Sure. Even Sorkin said that he wanted it to be more of like a Greek tragedy kind of thing. You know, like more of like a old school who's coming after Brutus kind of story than reality. Okay. Um, is, is, is the difficulty when this becomes the way people see the actual story? You know what I mean? Like, is this, is this Orwellian in that it's rewriting history? That's a good question because you know you know and is that a problem that there are people out there who are going to see this and think that it is the God's honest truth. This is what happened. Yeah. This is the permanent record, yeah. and this is what we think. This is what Zuckerberg said. Yeah, exactly. I saw him do it on 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 TV. That's yeah. him. Yeah. And, and what's funny is they they the, you know they obviously the the character they what's his name Eisenberg or whatever the the kid that they cast Scott Eisenberg I think his name I think so uh, he he looks a lot like him dude I mean they yeah. did a good job with the casting so it's it's you know he could he could. He could definitely uh, pass for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a great question. Um, I mean, I've always wondered about that, man. Especially, I mean, not to get all weird, but, um, you know, let's look at things like the Bible and religion and sure. stuff. You know, documents that are, you know, allegedly thousands of years old. And it's like, come on, dude, that, that, that shit could get lost in translation so easily because yep. of the technology from so long ago. Sure. You know, you're basically taking whoever's word, whoever won the fight, you know, that's, that's whose word you're believing. Of course. Wh- whether or not it's true, or what actually happened, You're, and and oh man, and imagine if the dude who's writing it like just didn't hear it right, man. Yeah. Maybe he, maybe he spelled something wrong. What if what if I don't know. I heard uh, I heard recently that uh, I haven't read it yet, but uh, that Malcolm Gladwell wrote an article for New Yorker 
basically it was referenced that, on this week's uh, this week's Thirty Rock. Was it okay? <laughs> it's really yeah. Funny. He was saying that social networking essentially doesn't have the power that people are saying that it does have. I, I believe that. Uh, I haven't you read know, the article, you, so I can't comment. But we should read it and talk about it next week. We should. Actually, you know next I, week I will be in uh, Yosemite, so not next week. Okay, that's fine. But we'll figure it out. Uh, I was just thinking, man. Uh, Facebook has now um, gotten to the point where it's basically like, in my head, what AOL used to be. Yeah. Um, there are people who only think of the internet as Facebook. Yeah. You know, it's like they spend all their time on it, and it's got all their mail and all their photos and all yep. their stuff. And yep. if you remember back in the, d- the days before the actual, you know, before broadband and people had to dial up and you needed an ISP and you didn't live in a town that, like, you know, a major city that had dozens of ISPs to choose from. Yeah. You know, you put, you put that CD that came in that magazine in your computer, and you got your nine hundred free hours or whatever, and yeah. and you're on you're on and chatting chatting with your friends. Uh, the problem I have with all that stuff, I mean, we were discussing this last night at dinner that people email. Uh, my mother's so cute. She hmm. she has an email account from her ISP that she's uh, you know her and my father had for fifteen years. Wow, or whatever ten years, let's say right. They had a my parents had a cable modem in ninety eight. Wow, they were yeah. They, in fact, they were beta testers for the cable modem. But I said, I said, Dad, you should look and see if you can get a cable modem. And he called the people, and they're like, Well, we're not running it out for six months, but if you want to be a beta tester, so my parents had like free cable modem for a couple of years. Neat. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, you know, so they had their email address. My mother now has a Gmail address for herself, and then she's also on Facebook, and she refers to them as emailing, Gmailing, and face mailing. <laughs> face mailing. Yes. <Yeah>. Nice. <laughs> Which I think is just so cute. That oh my god! Cute. I gmailed the him and such and such. You know, my um, mother is a is a Google addict, and she's gotten so so hip to googling that her friends make fun of her for it. That's pretty funny. It's funny. Let's Google it. Let's yeah, Google yeah. it. So okay, well, so my mom is is you know using this stuff or whatever it is, and sometimes people sometimes people I know well who I've emailed with message me on Facebook, and it drives me nuts. Mm. Like email me. You know yeah. what I mean? Like no, I don't, I, do. I don't want to have to get an email that says you have a Facebook message no. to log I, I, on to that. Like, dude, I don't I understand. Turned all that shit off, man. I turn. You can all turn of off notif- messaging. No notifications. Oh, I, okay. Yeah, but I, then if somebody does write me, I need to know, don't I? No, no, you, you don't need to know. You, they need to learn the lesson that that's not the way to get a hold of you. <laughs> and it only takes once, man. It only takes once for something important to fall through that crack, and it'll never happen again. I it's promise. just, you know, it's just kind of like, why would you, you email me? Why are you writing me on Facebook? You know, like, because why, I'm on Facebook. And yeah, I didn't but why do it in Gmail? a weird walled garden? Wah, wah, wah. You know what I'm saying? Like, why do it inside the walled garden when you're I, have because this... it's because the button's right there. I was looking at a picture of you. There's a button that says "Send him a message." Boom! I push the button. I don't know. It just, it just, if for. for from a geek nerd point of view, it drives me nuts. I agree. I, you know what drives me nuts are the one-line emails, dude. If we're going to do that, just fucking send me a text messenger and chat. Yeah, you know? yeah, I, don't, yeah. I hate having these like 25-thread emails of like, hey, let's do this. Okay, what do you think? All right, all right, see you there. Wait, let's, you know, it's like, what the fuck, you know? Let's just, just, <laughs> uh, drives me up the wall. So, yeah, so, uh, and, and then sometimes Heather will be like, oh, did you see that picture on Facebook? I was like, I don't, you know, unless somebody writes me or somebody sends me something or whatever i don't i don't i don't troll facebook just looking around no i don't either i mean the other th- thing that i do that's that's come in handy i don't know if you know this but um some some stuff some parts of facebook are uh subscribable rss friendly okay so so you can subscribe to your news feed so I, I spend way more time in google reader than i do anywhere else on on a computer uh as far as the internet is concerned and uh and it's just nice to, you know, I do that with my Flickr stuff. I do that with my Facebook stuff. I do that with my eBay stuff. Um, That's interesting. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah, man. It saves me tons of time. And, the problem and is I don't use Google Reader for much stuff, but I can't. So, hey, how do you subscribe to your feed? Which feed? My news uh, feed. Um, I don't know. It's, I did it a long time ago. Um, I guess right, I can I'll log it in. Out. I'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, you're autodidactic. Teach yourself. <laughs> um, well, I still but, haven't talked about my... Uh, my 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 point from Comic Con. So, oh yes, yeah. sorry. Go so ahead. we're you know we're walking around the 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 outskirts of the Comic Con um, floor, and there's uh there's this guy who has a little booth up, um, and he's got these really great little uh, illustrations. Um, I, if I had to guess, he's probably doing them in, in Adobe Illustrator or some other vector based, you know drawing program okay and they're you know they're really nice and stylized nice hard lines sure um kind of cutesy um and they have a little like man if i had to 
I would imagine whoever this guy was, if he heard me describing them, he would punch me in the face. But I would say it kind of has that sort of uh, Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, Gennady Tartakovsky, hardline, happy-ish, simplicity sure. feel. The strokes you know. involved. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely strokes. Um, and, you know, he had some really great treatments, you know, really nice little um, takes on all of your favorite characters from the world of comic books and science fiction. Um, you know, he had a, he had a great little doctor who one with the, with the, what, I guess it was the fourth doctor with the scarf. Sure. Um, Baker. Yeah. And then, you know, he had all the X-Men and the venture brothers and, and okay. Now Marvel. how much of that stuff is, is how much of that is an intellectual property problem? And there we go. That's my question. So here's this, this the comic dude. world is weird though. That's a yeah. very, so here's this dude and he, and he makes these drawings and he, and, and we're looking at basically just, you know, Canon color laser copier 11 by 17, prints you know that cost yeah. what a dollar a piece at kinko's not even yeah. um and he you know he's not even framing them he's, he's basically i don't think he's even signing them um he's le- he's selling them for 10 bucks a piece or you know buy 10 one for 10 and the next one's five right um and and people fucking love them because they're great i mean they're they're really cute and they're great little illustrations but but how is he able i mean uh, isn't there some some he's legal- able to get away with it because he's selling them at a table at comic-con I and guess. nowhere else I but guess. you got to think at a place like comic-con isn't you know BBC IP people walking around at a place like Comic Con? Isn't You'd that think? Thing? But then here's so that got me to thinking, and I was thinking, well, this maybe he wasn't is, there today. How yeah. is this different from me and my friends getting together in Washington Square Park and playing cover tunes? Well, that's theoretically illegal as well, right? We're not. I mean, we're not. You're supposed not to paying ASCAP. No, we're not. Right? Hell no. Uh, true. But I, I guess the difference is, is that, I don't know, somehow if he was sitting on the street and was drawing caricatures of you as Tom Baker from Doctor Who, sure, you know what I mean? Like your no, face on different. the guy with the hat. That's, that's different. Yeah, but isn't that closer than what he's doing? Which is, you know, he's buying space in a booth at a Comic-Con. You see what I'm saying? No. no you, guys, you guys aren't playing the cover songs at, you know, the music conference. No, no, it's buying true. A booth. Not, yeah, no, no. That I see what you're saying. Sure. But then what, what about, oh, I guess, you know, actually, I know the answer to this one, but for those who don't, um, <laughs> let's say uh, I go to a place like the Pig and Whistle or, or, or any yeah. legitimate vent, you know, music They're venue. They're theoretically or, or paying exactly. ASCAP and BMI and CSAP. Part of, part of the, 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 the business of, of opening up a public establishment like that is, is essentially li- buying a license to, <clears throat> to, uh, to play other people's music, either over the radio um, or Muzak, or right. you know, PA jukebox, live performance, right. etc. There's so, licensing involved. It, but I, I doubt that there's the same sort of blanket license. Uh, there can't be blanket li- blanket licensing. Wow, that's really hard to say. Actually, blanket, blanket licensing. licensing? Blanket licensing. It, I could say it pretty easy. Blanket yeah, licensing. Well, you're very fancy. I'm um, fancy. But uh, you know, I doubt that there's the same kind of thing for visual stuff. You know. Uh huh. You know, oh, we can show any comic thing we want or any TV show, you know. It's weird. It is so, weird. I, that is interesting. Yeah. But people were eating this stuff up. Oh, my. Absolutely. He was sold out on a bunch of stuff. Some of them were really great. Yeah, that's it. Were there a lot of people like him? Um, you know, I mean, I wasn't paying How, much, how many independents versus, you know, studio, fancy studio things, you know? Well, I'm, I... It's safe to say that there's only so many fancy studios out there. Well, Let's I mean, I guess, I guess you know, because <clears throat> Comic Con is known to be a lot more. It's becoming movie centric and all that kind of stuff. You know, well, there's, there's definitely a, a healthy um, movie video game. Uh, there was a, Nintendo had a booth there, and they were demoing new uh, <clears throat> Wii games and and you know all their new titles which are coming out for the for the holiday. Yeah, there's a new Kirby game coming out which looks cute. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But um, but there's also man, it's it's really interesting because like that that world is so has gotten so convoluted and so thick. Um, just off the top of my head, I can t- I, I'll, I'll rattle off some of the booths that we saw. We, so Marvel had a booth there, and I think Stan Lee was actually there signing. Of course he was. Um, he's such well, a no, whore. not of course. This is like the first time in a really long time he's made that kind of a public really. Public I thought he's like so a big, big giant guy. whore. No, I think he's just I think he's getting old and he doesn't like it anymore. So this oh, is probably okay. the last chance you'll get to do that. Um, so there's that, and then there's there's definitely movie tie-ins, you know. So, so, so Wait, hold on a second, movie. just one quick thing: Does is Stanley like within the comic community? Is he 
is highly regarded as he regards himself. Because, I mean, there's lots of stories of him stealing characters from people. And, you know what Dude, I, mean? I have no idea. You're, you're asking me as if I'm some sort of an authority right, or some I'll sort of a fan. I'll ask Heather or Pepper or somebody. Okay. Yeah, ask, ask one of the, the chicks. They'll know. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I have no idea. I just love that guy's voice. I think he's got one of the greatest <laughs> uh, New York voices I've ever heard. Isn't he a Mallrats, too? Yeah, he, he has a cameo in Mallrats with... Uh, Jason speaking Lee. speaking with Jason Lee, aka Banksy, I think is the name of his character in that movie. No, 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 no. Banky? He was Banksy. Banky in. Um, did speaking of Banksy, dude? Did you fucking see The Simpsons last night? I don't watch The Simpsons. I don't either, but I I saw someone. I mean, this is making the rounds. You should definitely see this. Um, he he, I guess directed the opening credits to The who Simpsons. Did? Banksy. Uh, okay. You know you know who Banksy is right? No. The the British graffiti artist guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like he's. I mean, uh, the guy, the Banksy first appeared on my radar about five, six years ago. I can't remember exactly when. Um, he is the artist who snuck into four. He didn't sneak in. He walked right into four different New York art museums. I think the MoMA, the Met, the Brooklyn Museum, and one other one I can't remember, and installed his own pieces. <laughs> um, That's pretty ballsy. Yeah, and one of them. Actually, I think lasted the night. I think one of them actually, you know, lasted more than more than two or three hours or whatever. I mean, I think one of them fell. <laughs> you know, I used double double stick tape and it didn't stick hard enough and it fell. And then the other two, one, I think once once the word got out, then everybody knew about it. But but you know, it's not like the the people like were walking around and noticed it. You know, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I think somebody had to tell them that that it was uh, that it was it was there. So yeah, this, that that kind of move really. Um, I really got to, I, I thought that was really brilliant. Uh, and then, you know, that, that's when I started paying attention to him and he's been, uh, a stencil artist. Um, he does some really intricate, really fun stencil work. Um, you know, so stencils and spray paint on the, on the wall in the street. Mm-hmm. And then he also does these neat little, uh, like he, I guess he kind of embraces the spirit of graffiti and then, in that he takes things and re re reappropriates them or repurposes them or like he'll take, he, he, I think he took thrift store paintings and then like, like there's a, a landscape scene of like a serene lake or whatever. And he, and then he paints in the, in the, just, you know, in, in scale, in style, uh, like an Apache helicopter coming in shooting missiles, right, right. <laughs> you know, like that. Or, or like one of the pieces that he hung in the museum was like, uh, a, a traditional, you know, portrait of a woman, like in a parlor, you know, just sitting. Uh, and then he puts a gas mask on her. <laughs> Right. Like like that kind of thing, so sort of subver- subversive stuff. And he's he's definitely got a little bit of a political bent to his work as well. Um, anyway, he's he's definitely made a name for himself. He's, I think he's he made a movie and then he had a cool gallery opening here in New York a couple years ago. And um, he directed the opening credits, the opening se- you know the the famous sure. uh, opening sequence to the The Simpsons where. They actually usually. I mean, when I say that, you'd think, "Oh, okay, he's." You're, you're talking about like the the couch take, you know, like what, when they get to the couch, whatever happens after that, because that's when that's when the creative thing happens. Yeah. But he, they, they actually, you know, they actually had him let him inject other things. Yeah, in in the beginning, like right, like from like where Bart's drawing on the chalkboard to him skate, you know, various things with him skateboarding through, um, you know, through Springfield. Um, so I'm sure if you if you Google, I, I I think I actually shared it on my my reader shared items. I will look it up. I have um, it open as we speak. But anyway, Banky, Jason Lee, Stanley, Comic Con, back coming back around. Um, other other examples of other people who were at the uh, at the con. So th- there's definitely you know we got video games, we got movies, we got um, uh, comic books. I, actually, we were kind of joking around, like you know we we were so inundated with stuff. We're like, hey, look. Uh, a comic book booth, you know, yeah. someone actually selling comic books. Um, they were so few and far between. It was really, it was kind of interesting. Um, tons of gaming, like uh, card games, dice games, board games, um, role playing games. Uh, there were tons of like costume accessories. There's like five or six huge t shirt uh, places that have all kinds of novelty t shirts. So, um, where's the line between? Isn't there a thing called Dragon Con? Which is another is. big kind of thing. I think down yeah. in Atlanta that yeah, they yeah. say is a little less, a little bit more of the gamey kind of stuff, but less corporate. That would I, I wouldn't know again. Yeah. You know, um, Pepper is the one to talk to about right. the. Well, we'll I think Pepper she's definitely a, made. We'll that. have her on as a as a as a resource one day. Yeah, I just um, I find this stuff fascinating from an anthropological view. I have little to no interest in comics, but I find it interesting from the point of view of how much time, energy, and money these people spend on this stuff. 
Yeah. It's well, fascinating. This, it's like, yeah, what? Uh, really? Yeah, man. You well, know? I mean, it's the same thing could be, I think we can, this kind of comes to the thing that I was suggesting that we talk about today, which is, I guess you could call it fandom sure. or, or what it is to be a fan of something. Sure. Um, I think wouldn't, isn't fan, fan is technically a fanatic. A fanatic. Exactly. Yeah. It's funny um, because the, uh, the, I mean, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a West Wing fan. I've watched every episode of the West Wing, all seven seasons, at least five times. Really? Yeah. Like over the years, I put it on while I'm just sitting around doing whatever. And it's funny because there's an episode, I don't know, like say season four, where there's like a subplot in it that some girl who's working at the White House, like on a temporary basis, is wearing a Star Trek pin. Uh And uh, Josh, the guy, you know, um, what's his name from, the guy who's in Studio 62. Uh, wants wants her to take it off. Is like, look, you can't wear a Star Trek pin in the White House, you know. And um, and so she's just like, I don't understand. Like, you know, Star Star Trek and the whole Star Trek universe is all about you know honor and what all the you know d- like loyalty and doing right. good by others. And like, I don't understand why you wouldn't want those things. And he's like, look, you can do whatever you want when you're out of here. He's just like, and I'm a Star Trek fan. He says, but let me tell you something. He says. Tell me if this any of this sounds familiar. Like, do you go to conferences? Do you discuss what you know? Dentrosi, you want to be friends with you know, like like you know what what uh, uh, Klingons you think should mate with what you know, whatever, like all this kind of stuff. He goes, and then sure. you do it again next year. You know, he's like, that's not being a fan. That's having a fetish. Hmm. And you can do whatever you want outside of work, but you can't do it here. He goes, but, you know, only on Star Trek holidays can you wear the pin. And she's just like, well, there are no Star Trek holidays. He goes, well, work hard. We'll make one. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. But anyway, the point is, is that, like, there is a fine line between being a fan and having a fetish. Okay. And I think that that's the interesting, that's the interesting place where it shifts. Now, a lot of people who would, the people who would actually admit that they're fans of something yeah. probably are people who generally lean more towards the fetish thing. You know what I mean? I like guess, if you're a see, big comic book person, you're generally kind of like over the top. All right. Well, let's, let's take this to another direction. Another sure. direction. So, so the word fan, when I hear the word fan, aside from the, 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 the mechanical device that I use to cool myself in the, in the heat. Yeah. Um, I'm also, there's other words, there's other, other types of things that, um, that warrant fandom, uh, in musicians. addition to television, musicians, I think and of sports music teams. And sports. What about sports teams? Uh, I'm not into sports, but yes, absolutely. I'm not either. Yeah. But, but you those, know what? But those people are generally fanatics, not just fans. People are like buying fucking jet jackets and stuff. Well, you know the what I mean? Guys who, the guys who paint their faces and go in the trailer, yeah. uh, not the trailer, go in the tailgate parties at yeah. the, in the parking lot. I mean, lot. that stuff is not just like, oh, I like watching football. That's like I spend an inordinate amount of my time. Well, and then there's people who like memorize stats, the fantasy league players, you know, fantasy football, oh, fantasy that, baseball. Those people are crazy. This, I don't get that stuff the at all. Stats, the people who go to the, like, one of the things I've always been fascinated by. Go to the by, game and actually keep the track of the whole thing, actually do yeah, a, a exactly. box like, scores. Like the people who go into the baseball, like they, they actually, they, like when you go to a baseball game, I've been to one or two baseball games, and I know that when you get like the, the official program, there's actually like a little score sheet thing yeah. that you can use to people like. People sit there and score it. Yeah. You can and there's actually, like, like and it's like going bowling where there's like, you know, there's all like yeah. the little oh, there's, twists there's, like, and things in the corners. There's special notation and everything. Yeah, sure. crazy. Yeah, and those people, I mean, you got to think that there's something like they're using that as some sort of i don't know gives meaning you know i mean there's lots of things that i am into i watch the west wing or i have watched the west wing mm-hmm. uh and do, is west wing one of my favorite things you know that i've done sure absolutely it's a great show mm-hmm. you know am i you know discussing what characters i think should have gotten together earlier on the show or whatever no are you writing fan fiction? No. <laughs> well, that, there you go. Fan fiction. There was actually a whole other subplot where uh, there's this crazy group of people who – this guy's name is Josh Lyman on the show. And mm-hmm. they had they had LemonLyman.com. Oh, boy. And they were like for fan sightings and like all this kind of crazy stuff. And like yeah. he started talking back to them and they all started going crazy. And she's just like, of course they're crazy. They're on the fucking site. Yeah. Talking I don't about know, you. It's just like I'm, I'm just – sort of not sure where I belong or, or where I fit into that grand scheme of things. Cause I think you and I both know, um, we must have at least one or two friends or people in our lives who, you know, it's like, Oh my God, that person is a huge blah, blah fan, you yep. know, whatever it doesn't, it, and it could be anything. It could sure. be like a, like, I mean, look at, look at like a, in, in on the music context. I mean, look at, uh, the grateful dead and fish sure. or, or people who are really into, um, you know, what's another fanatic band? like that uh how about um jimmy buffett 
Oh, God, yeah, those dudes. Parrot heads. Parrot heads, right. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Look, and, and again, I don't... Is, is it... Is it the camaraderie? You know, do people actually would they go see the Grateful Dead if it was just them standing there listening to the Grateful Dead, or is it uh, the is it the group thing? I mean, the look, scene. Yeah, Heather the and scene. her sister and this kid Jamie, I think, and all these people they they were all into onto like all these online Buffy forums for a while, you know. Mm. And like I I don't go on TV show forums that much, but there are people who do, and they, and and they're all still friends years after Buffy shut down well, because they met let's, each other let's, on there. Let's make an analogy to what we did when we were when when those people were doing that. What were we doing? We were downloading illegal software yeah. and and music and and playing, you know, playing instruments and stuff like that. And here we are still talking about that. Yeah, and you're so, still so, friends I mean, with people you've never met before. That's exactly the same. Exactly the same thing. Yeah. So so it's this weird. There's this weird. I guess um, this component of of, of a human personality where you you find something that you're really into. I guess your passion. And then you just start a, you just take it as far as you can. And it is interesting though. People. Like, what is that? What need is that satiating psychologically? Yeah, it's. I, I think it's a love thing, man. You think it's you know? love? Yeah. Interesting. Maybe. It's finding finding something that you love, finding something, finding other people that love it as much as you, and then sharing the love. Yeah. It's Which weird, feels common good. Interesting. Yeah, it's very. It's very odd you know it's funny because like when the western was on tv for the first couple seasons in the middle there i would have people over on wednesday night it's not like necessarily big fans of the show just like friends of mine like hey let's watch the west wing on tuesday or uh-huh. wednesday or whatever it was on sure um and that was like but a weekly thing you know yeah yeah, and yeah it was like that's that's interesting but that's cool though because then that's something that you know that becomes a social thing that becomes yes a social well that's event. the thing i mean at the point at which it becomes a social thing does the actual act activity even matter or is it just the social nature of it that matters yeah i don't know i but things like comic i mean comic fans and sports fans are probably i mean they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum probably although in many ways very similar in that comic people might like oh man i you know i'm all x-men and that's what i'm into or i'm all dc or i'm all Uh, marvel yeah you know it's like they're they're just as team-based as the sports people that probably a lot of them revile Absolutely, we, we more we, so. so. So after the Comic Con, we you know a few of us went to the to to a diner, and there was four of us sitting at the table, and I had the idea of trying to find the lowest common denominator uh, that, that we they'd all, all be into. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of fun, you know. And we made the rounds, and you'll never guess what the uh, maybe you will. What, what, what do you think the the actual thing that that everybody could genuinely say that they they spent some time in and were were interested in at one point in time? I would say Star Wars. You'd think Star Wars, but no. It was Star Trek. Interesting. Yeah, and I think that makes sense because Star Trek... Like, are we talking original series or Next Generation? We, we actually n- narrowed it down to Next Generation. Next Generation is, is overall pretty benign show and that kind of stuff. Like, you could watch it, not be a sci-fi fan, and also enjoy it. You think so? I think it's fairly generic. Because it's all about like the human relations and all the rest of it. Yeah, but there's aliens and lasers. Yeah, and there shit. are, but like, but that's not what the show is about. Those are plot points, you know. No, I I guess so. I mean, you're I right. Know. I mean, that's why it worked. I mean, obviously, that's that's why people identified with it and liked it so much. Because I liked Next Generation. I did too. Although that's... it's funny because a while back I downloaded, I think, like you know, all 14 seasons or whatever the hell it was. I think there's eight. Yeah, whatever. I I downloaded a huge file and I started watching some of them and I was like, These are they don't awful. hold up as much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially the yeah. early ones, man. <laughs> yeah. They don't, you know. Are you familiar with, uh, you know who Will Wheaton is, obviously, right? I do know who Will Wheaton is. Have you, are you familiar with his, uh, what's it called? Uh, he wrote, he wrote, he started off, there's a, there's a website called TV Squad a couple years ago, uh, and he was sort of, I guess, commissioned by them to write these columns, um, which were a combination of, like, a recollection from 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 being there and also like a, a like an episode review like from a fan standpoint because you know each he, episode he, not each episode but they, they're like you know pick out the, i think they started to start, like from the first season okay. which was obviously the the most um you know awful um and so he did and and he's you know he's a pretty decent writer that will wheaton mm-hmm. um and um he 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 went on to do about I don't know six or seven of them, and they were pretty pretty damn well put together, really entertaining. Because it's like now he's a guy who's like our age, yeah. re, you know, remi- 
equally reminiscing about like you know like giving a full-on episode review like just talking about it as if he's like he, he just watched it and he's he's here's what i think but he's also injecting these like little asides where it's like oh my god i remember that when we actually filmed that and you know this this is funny because of this or man here i am now looking back at myself then and like remembering like what it was like and this and that and that was pretty cool and then so i guess he actually um Enough people dug. Well, unfortunately, the website went went under, and then the the series stopped, and he kind of left it for a while. But then he came yeah. back to it about a year or two ago, and or maybe even more recently than that, and um, wrote like I think he did the entire maybe not the entire first season, but like the, at least the first half of the first season, uh, a good a good uh, dozen of them. Or, no, I guess he did the, do the whole first season, uh, and he calls it Memories of the Future. Huh. Um, and then as a sort of as a teaser, as he was writing it. Um, for I think twelve weeks, he released um, readings, like uh, re- like podcast rec- recordings called uh, he called it Memories of the Future Cast, um, where he, re- he he would read excerpts from from these little reviews yeah. that he would write, which were obviously written in his voice, so it's you know they came across really well, uh, and they were pretty pretty darn entertaining. Um, I, but see, there's Will Wheaton. I mean, he was on there. He's on Stand by Me, right? Those are Toy his soldiers. Big, yeah, but those are his two big claims to fame, right? Uh, Crush, Wesley yeah. Crusher and whatever his name was in Gordy. Stand By Me. Gordy. Yeah. So he is lucky enough to have those things because otherwise he probably wouldn't be who he is today as a writer. You know what I mean? It's possible. Like, because those are the reasons why people like are like, oh, I mean, I'm not discounting his writing. I'm just saying that like he has that foot in the door. You know? No, it's true. It's true. In in the whole. Uh, in the whole world that we're talking about too. But know? also it gets to the point where like you could be a former child actor or a former famous person. And if you don't have the skills to pay the bills, no one's sure. going to fucking listen to you, you know? No. So it's like, sure. it, I mean, he actually, he, he has both, which is, which is why he's, you know, and I don't know how well he's doing from all this stuff, but like, yeah, he's definitely out there you yeah, know, and well respected in the community. You know, I mean, you know, it's like the, the, what's the Felicia day, the guild, yeah, I don't. I don't know about that. Which one. I I've that. watched a couple episodes of, and it was cute and it was funny. And apparently, there's like six seasons now. Really? Um, but it's really weird because you can watch it for free on YouTube. Uh huh. But if you want it on your iPod or whatever it is, you have to pay ninety nine cents an episode. But the episodes are only like twelve minutes long, so I'm not spending, you know, huh. yeah. twenty bucks for two hours. You know, right? Not when you can watch it for free. Yeah, I know. But it's just frustrating because it's the kind of crap you would watch on your phone on the way to work. You know. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, it was just, it's very, it, look, it's very interesting, all that kind of stuff. It's, but it's, and, and she has sponsorship from, I think, Microsoft and Sprint. Oh, really? And they actually let her give her creative license. She can do whatever she wants. Huh. You know? Cool. Um, and, you know, obviously low budget show. This is not like she has to, you know, it's a couple HD camcorders, you know? Yeah. But it's kind of cool that you could do this and probably have, I don't know, 100,000 people watching it. Which is kind of impressive. Probably more than that. I don't know. I'm just getting yeah, numbers. It's a lot of know. people. It is a lot of people. Imagine if we had 100,000 people listening to us. I know. Look, I 365 Portraits, I had 15,000, 20,000 people a day. 15,000. But they were a lot of the same people, though, right? Yeah, same people every day, like, coming That's... back. So I'd like, imagine, you know, filling, you know, half of Madison Square Garden with people who are watching your work every day. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't like that. It's creepy. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I know, but it was you know it's interesting. It really is. Yeah, that, that's definitely. good stuff. But you know, and it's funny because you know Drabbles were up in the gallery, and yeah. let's say let's say a couple hundred people show up and looked at them on the night opening, and then okay. say over the course of the next month another three hundred people, sure, you know, walk in and do walk-ins. So yeah. five hundred people see him there, but there were a ton of people looking at them when I was posting them online. You know, far more people saw them online than ever saw them in person. Well, that makes sense. I know, but it's just kind of funny. It's like they're up there for a month in this gallery, and they see less than people who just happen upon them online. Yeah, well, that's, that's the power yeah. of the internet there, buddy. It is. It's impressive. I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's funny, though, how, uh, just to wrap things up here, is it's funny how people who are obviously all fans and know each other and stuff on the virtual world feel the need to have these cons where they get together and meet each other in the real world. You know? Yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting. I mean, it's the parallel. same with photo walks. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That guy Brian, I met up with yesterday. I mean, he was here for like a couple photo walks, like Aww. which I'm not into, but that's no. 
his thing, and there's a lot of people. They get together and they do these walks. No, I mean, they're, they, you know, and there's like you know, meetup.com, and yeah. there's lots of user. Gr- remember back in the old days, the user groups. Sure. Bmug, I remember the Boston Macintosh users group. Sure. And- in fact, the 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 where is it? Seattle Mac user group, I think. Mm-hmm. One of them still does reviews of equipment, like high end, like raid cards and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And their reviews are some of the best ones out there. Actually, it's Arizona. It's a mug. <laughs> yeah. Um, in fact, I think they made it now where you can only get in if you're a member to see the reviews. But the reviews were like, you know, of like really fast raid, $600 raid No, sure, sure. I remember. The I, kind I, of stuff that you would never find reviews of except for like in, you know, Maya magazines and stuff. Right. You know? Or um, like other places that didn't have ads. Yeah. And it was just, just kind of like, you know what, this is kind of cool that these people get together. But, you know, getting together in person is a whole other thing. It's true. It's interesting. And and. I wonder if going forward, if everything becomes so virtual, so decentralized, that the sort of meetups will become more prevalent just to sort of make up for the lack of FaceTime. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking about it now. Uh, not to get into another thing, I'll, I'll mention this really quickly just because I just thought of it. Um, I don't know if I ever told you that my dad um, was a ham radio operator. Yeah. And ham radio guys, amateur radio, if you will... Um, that that's that's really that's some specialized kind of hardcore. What does ham sound stand for? Doesn't stand for anything. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's 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 a, it's a play on like you're a ham. You like to hear the sound of your own voice. Really? <laughs> that's how I that's how I was as that's how I always understood it. Interesting. Yeah. I always thought it was like an acronym. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, but um, but back in the day, man, I remember very. I have really vivid memories of 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 tagging along with my dad. On a, on a lovely weekend day, not unlike today, yeah. uh, going out to what were called ham fests, sure, which essentially was like a flea market, but you know, with uh, with dudes with piles of tables full of random radio crap. Not and unlike today's cons or computer that, things. E- exactly like it, dude. It's exactly like it. Um, it's just outside and <laughs> which and is stinkier. which is very un- not unlike a you know weekend uh, farmers market from you know five hundred years ago. I guess I've never been to a farmer's market. You know what I mean? Like it's the same kind of stuff. It's like you know the the we're we're gonna go downtown. Oh, to oh the, I see. To the, like the farmer's market down in Union Square. Or yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the same. It's that modern. Yeah, you know? it's 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 really interesting. It's, I, I wonder. I, I I guess I I could I would go so far as to say I don't think that's ever gonna go away. Maybe I not. Think people are always gonna need to uh, to convene to share their love okay. for stuff. Yeah. Hey, I have an idea for our next show. Okay. Just is came this, up with an idea. Is this going to be? A, are we going to tease it or are we going to just? We're going to tease it. Okay. Uh, I I recently scanned a bunch of old photos. Uh huh. For Heather, and you know we were sitting here going through some pictures and we scanned a bunch of them, but you know maybe we should talk about not backup in the sense of like where oh I put things on hard drives or whatever it is not that kind of drobo crap, hmm. but like long term archiving. You know what I mean? Just sure. like I think it's an interesting. I have boxes full of film and you know and prints and stuff from before digital. You know, do, what do I ever even look at those? And if a house burned down, I have no digital copies of those. I, you know, it's just kind of yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it could be an interesting thing. Okay, so we'll get we'll get into that next time. But uh, I'm going to be in, away next week. But you should maybe find a guest and do another show. Hmm. Uh, maybe I'm going to be away Friday to Friday, fifteenth to the twenty second. Okay. But, uh, but you know, we'll see you uh, in a couple weeks then. Right on, dude. Thank you, Dan. Take care, buddy. See ya. Bye. Bye.